The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. You're listening to And So It Flows here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, the only show for H2O. Great guest today, got Andrew Welton from Purdue University, been testing the water in East Palestine. Glad to have him with us. So stay tuned. the abundance of water, the food. Thirsty. Yeah, that's going to be the question of the day. Are, are, are we the fools? <laughs> are we the fools that they've been speaking about in my, in my intro song? You're listening to And So It Flows, the only show for H2O. We are here at 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pitchfield Community Radio, and also on podcasts through Stitcher, Google, Amazon, and uh, Apple, and uh, just looking forward to bring you the water, everything H2O, even the background, even the background where we get to hear the beautiful ocean back and forth go, just so we have a little bit of the relax in the show. So, one of the powers of water is that relaxation of bringing us to a theta brain, as I call it. And I'm so happy to bring with you uh, our guest a little bit later, Andrew Welton. He'll be talking about his visit to East Palestine, testing the water and what he's finding there, and some uh, good thoughts for other places with stressed water supplies. And we got a really cool tune coming your way. This is from World Party, which is for most of us sane ones. Let us see how our country, our world is moving and to get our aliveness back in ourselves and our awakeness. We're listening to And So It Flows, the only show for H2O here, Ship of Fools with World Party. Where they keep all the darkness you need You said 
Florence, Florence and the Machine, What the Water Gave Me, off the Ceremonials album, that's a supreme water tune, gotta love Florence and the Machine, and then before that we had World Party with Anthony Thistlethwaite uh, from Ship of Fools' uh, Private Revolution album, you are listening to And So It Flows. Your only show for H2O. We are here at 89.7 WTBR FM Pittsfield Community Radio in the heart of the Berkshires, bringing you H2O music, talk, culture, and really some deep thought, deep water talk. That's what I call it. Super psyched today. We are going to have a super great guest. 
Um, his name is Andrew Welton. He's a professor of engineering. He's uh, involved in environmental science. And he recently came back from a water testing trip with him and his team of about 30 folks in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, the place where the Norfolk Southern train derailed and they decided to do a controlled, uncontrolled burn of toxic waste right on top of that town. And uh, our hearts in the Berkshires go out to you. Uh, My heart and the hearts of thousands of others go out to you in East Palestine. So uh, this, this show is for you. Uh, We got some really cool tunes coming up, but before then, a little uh, sneak tidbit uh, for two weeks out. Two weeks out, we have uh, Captain Captain Matthew Ho, who used to work with the State Department as well as as a retired Marine captain, uh, was in both Afghanistan and Iraq, resigned in protest after he saw the waste of war. Uh, And he's going to be talking to us about uh, the impact of war on the environment and war making on specifically the Tigris and Euphrates River. And uh, he makes a strong argument how the United States broke the code of Hammurabi. That's an ancient code of uh, over in Babylon slash Mesopotamia. uh, One of the birthplaces of modern civilization and how they had water and river rights involved in uh, the Code of Hammurabi. So stay tuned for that show. That's two weeks out. Not this week, but next week. Uh, so in the meantime, we got some more tunes coming your way. But before we do that, we got a little bit of news, uh, H2O news. It's kind of funny. And this is from Science News as of yesterday. How some beetles drink water using their butts. Yes, you heard it right. Red flower beetles use special cells in their rear ends to suck water out of the air. Some beetles drink water using their butts. And scientists are starting to understand how. Like, this is important to understand. However, scientists go at it. Red flower beetles a major architectural pest opened their I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the air but their butts to get water vapor in the air flowing to the lower gut and condensing on any poop there the insects draw water out of the fecal material using special cells lining their lower digestive system Researchers report on March 21st in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And this amazing mechanism could one day be exploited to make beetle-specific pesticides that could protect crops while safeguarding bees and other insects, says Kenneth Halberg, a comparative endocrinologist and physiologist at the University of Copenhagen. My question to uh, Kenneth Halberg is, uh, do we actually need any more pesticides? Don't we have enough? And leave the beetles alone. What'd they do to you? Even though they're drinking water 
from their butts. You know. Enough already. Enough with the pesticides. Editorial mind. Not everybody agrees that we should have a pesticide-free life. But guess what? If we are... If our, if our bodies are our temples, do we want to let pesticides in? We get to choose. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. I am your super water man, Leslie Gabriel, your ambassador for water. And you can catch us on podcasts on Stitcher, Google, Amazon. Uh, you could also get us on uh, Apple. And I think there's Stitcher, Apple... Google and Amazon. So all those places, probably other places. In the meantime, you know, be with the water. Our guest is going to be with us in uh, about another 15 minutes or so and stay tuned for that. That's going to be uh that's going to be Andrew Welton from Purdue University who just came back from a water testing uh project he's doing out in East Palestine. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's see what other tune we got. Oh, this one is a blast from the past. This one, my friend, is from our friend Tom Lehrer. He was prophetic with uh, with some of his uh, singing uh, parodies. And this one is a song called Pollution. Time was when an American about to go abroad would be warned by his friends or the guidebooks not to drink the water. The times have changed, and now a foreigner coming to this country might be offered the following advice. If you visit American City, you will find it very pretty. Just two things of which you must beware. Don't drink the water and don't breathe the air. Pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud. Turn on your tap and get hot and cold running crud. See the halibuts and the sturgeons being wiped out by detergents. Fish gotta swim and birds gotta fly, but they don't last long if they try. Pollution, pollution, you can use the latest toothpaste. And then rinse your mouth with industrial waste. Just go out for a breath of air and you'll be ready for Medicare. The city streets are really quite a thrill. If the hoods don't get you, the monoxide will. Pollution, pollution, wear a gas mask and a veil. Then you can breathe, long as you don't inhale. Lots of things there that you can drink, but stay away from the kitchen sink. The breakfast garbage that you throw into the bay, they drink at lunch in San Jose. So go to the city, see the crazy people there, like limes to the slaughter. At 
Castro. No. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Ay, what you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. She said that I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I believe in G.O.D. Don't believe it She keep playing me dumb I'm a player for fun Y'all don't really know my mental Let me give you the picture like stencil Falling out in a drought No flow rain wasn't pouring down See that pain was all around See my mode was kinda lounge Didn't know which which way to turn Flow was cool but I still felt burned Energy up, you can feel my surge I'm a everything like this purge Let's just get this straight for a second I'ma work Even if I don't get paid for progression I'ma get it Everything that I do is electric I'ma keep it in emotion Keep it moving like kinetic Put this in a frame Better know I don't blame Everything that I say Man, I seen you deflate Let me elevate This ain't a prank Have you walking on a plane? Both hands together God, let me pray uh, I been going right, right around Call that relay Pass the baton Back in the mall Swimming in the pool Can't you come on? Uh. When a piece of this, a piece of mine, my piece of sign Can you please read between the lines? My rhymes inclined to break your They say that I'm so fine You could never match my grind Please do not, not waste my time What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much, put that in slow motion Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean Ay, What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze When these Talk too much, put that in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean
You're listening to And So It Flows, the only show for H2O. I am your super water man, your ambassador for water, fully condensed here in Beyond Vapor, here in reality. Just having fun here in the middle of the Berkshires, bringing you water culture, water news, uh, interesting mix of music and culture and poetry and talk, deep water talk looking to spur a relevance for this organic matter that we call H2O. It's uh, truly a unique and life-giving force on this planet, and it's good for us to learn and uh, coexist and, uh, you know, vibe with, vibe with the H2O. Here's a little bit of vibing right now with this ocean sound. Yeah, and there, there's more to vibe with this really cool poetry that I found today. A poem is called Water Devil. This is by Jamal May. Hot tip to our Poetry Foundation to uh, have this available. You can search their site for all sorts of poetry. This one is called Water Devil. Spout of a leaf. Listen out for the screams of your relentless audience. The applause of a waterfall in the distance. A hurricane looting, a Miami shopping mall. How careful are you with the rain cradling curve of your back? Near your forest, all are ready to swim and happy to drown. In me, this lake of fire that motes the edges. From my mouth, they come to peel the flames and drink their slick throats into the most silent of ashes. That's Jamal May with uh, his, his piece of poetry called Water Devil. And again, a hat tip out to the Poetry Foundation. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. We uh, heard a whole bunch of tunes uh, coming into this. Um, we had I Can See Clearly Now from the best of Johnny Nash. Uh, and then we had Astronaut in the Ocean from Mass Wolf off the Astronaut in the Ocean album. And before that, we had Tom Lehrer singing a classic prophetic masterpiece from the 1960s on a piano called Pollution. And he is by far one of the fathers of the modern-day satiric music uh, world. Satire is a wonderful thing. It helps people learn and grow and uh, helps people who are doing the bad to uh, get noticed. So let's, uh, let's pay attention to the good and let's use that satire to learn and grow and awaken. Uh, we got some more tunes coming your way. And then in about five minutes, we're going to be bringing on our guest, uh, Andrew Welted from Purdue University, who just recently came back from uh, East Palestine, where there was a derailment of a uh, large train about six weeks ago now. And uh, we are keeping up the pressure, water pressure, to uh, get some movement from the local, regional, and national government. So... If you have friends out in Ohio, our listeners uh, go and uh, wish them some condolences. If you have friends in higher places, and I'm doing a shout out to you over in Dalton and Lenox right now and parts of Pittsfield, 
if you are one of those folks or you're driving through and you're from Great Barrington and you can make a phone call to someone who can make a difference, make that phone call. Everybody deserves water. It's not a matter of who you voted for. It's a matter of common decency. And as we know, uh, having decency is a great way to live. Uh, we got some TLC coming right up with waterfalls. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. Seven days. 
And like his promises, truth won't leave my bacon undue The many chances I blitz would have bring my life to an end Clear blue and unconditional skies have dried the tears from my eyes No one lonely cries My only lead and hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain That it keeps them in the boring rain Who's to blame for to gain into your own vein? What a shame you shoot and aim for someone else's brain You claim the insane and aim to stay in time for falling prey to crime I say the system got you victim to your own mind Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes are coming true Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me yeah. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. That's TLC with their song, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, or Waterfalls, off their Crazy Sexy Cool album. One of the best water tunes there are. There's so many great water tunes. You should uh, check that out. And next up, we have our interview. We're here with with Andrew Welton uh, from Purdue University. With uh, Andrew Welton from Purdue University, he's a professor of, uh, let me read it right off this uh, little form that I found. Uh, he is uh, a PhD, uh, works with Purdue University, Civil, Environmental, and Ecological Engineering. He's na- nationally recognized. Um, in recent years, his teams have unearthed previously undocumented and fatal human health and environmental threats. And what makes uh, Professor Welton's work so amazing is that he gives, and he and his team give direct assistance to communities at risk. And one of those at risk places has been East Palestine, which has been in, or East, how, do, how do they pronounce it, Andrew? Uh, he's Palestine in Ohio. He just came back from doing some testing. Thank you, El, uh, Andrew, for being with us and our water-loving uh, viewers and listeners here and So It Flows. Uh, thanks for sharing some time. You know, Welcome back from Ohio. I heard you just came back from Ohio. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Uh, we uh, That was our fourth trip to East Palestine, Ohio, and Pennsylvania to kind of help the community understand what types of environmental threats still remain and how to mitigate them. Wow, okay. So how many people were on your team that you went out with? Well, the at Purdue University, there's 20 people that are participating in some way. I believe there's seven or nine professors. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a number of 13 or so students and maybe some staff as well. And so they're all acting in a volunteer capacity. And we went out four times. Uh, the first time we took a team of four people. The second time, uh, three people. And then the last two, I've gone myself, primarily because all the volunteers have to stay back and analyze all the samples that we collected so we can have reportable data for the households that we're helping. 
Wow. So, um, tell tell people a little bit more about your background. What you know, you've you've been with uh, Purdue for how many years now? So I've been at Purdue for about eight years. Uh, but prior to that, I was down in Alabama at the University of South Alabama for three and a half years. Then in D.C. at a government research lab. Uh, did the Ph.D. right before that, and before that, I worked for the U.S. Army for three and a half years. So I've kind of moved around. Well, our, yeah, our, our team um, basically help listen to what people have to say uh, and, and, and then try to advise them from afar or direct them to agencies that can support them locally. But generally when uh, they don't get enough help or the right type of help, uh, sometimes we get involved like we did in East Palestine. Wow. Wow. So how did you get called out there? What, I mean, are you out there looking for places to assist with, or do people actually ring you up on your phone or shoot you an email? How does it work? So sometimes people send me an email or call my cell phone number and tell me about something that I have no knowledge about that's happening, and I start paying attention to it. Uh, but in East Palestine, what happened was uh, we watched from Indiana about the events unfold, and there was a, a number of questions that were not being answered by officials. And uh, so we reached out to a group called United for East Palestine, a community group that formed right after the disaster. And we started advising them about what types of questions and data they should be asking for from officials to support the decisions and claims that were being made by officials. Wow. So that's generally how we got involved. And then they asked us to come out, even though we had no money. So we did that. Uh, we self-funded ourselves to get out there. And we spent the first uh, three days or so moving around, trying to characterize what was going on. We made some pretty shocking discoveries, uh, one of them being that the waterways are still heavily contaminated and people were walking their dogs near them. They were not warned about it. Workers, you know, one worker fell into it while we were there. They weren't wearing any respiratory protection. And, uh, and at that point we realized that we needed to stay involved and, and kind of help the community, but also help agencies understand what they're actually doing. Wow, wow. Now, is there any of your work that gets pushback from folks uh, on the side of uh, what I call the government or, you know, you know, people involved in the civil service around this work, Environmental Protection Agency, any of that? Do you ever get pushback from any of that? In East Palestine, we haven't seen that yet. Hopefully we won't see it. Um, the US EPA has been receptive to the information that I shared with them on Friday. They were present in East Palestine and we met with them. And, and we identified the issues that they haven't addressed, the acute health risks that they haven't fixed, uh, and the information about safety uh, that they haven't addressed yet. So uh, in East Palestine, we haven't seen that yet, uh, and hopefully it won't happen. Elsewhere, we have seen it in other disasters. Uh, and yeah. when policy involves itself in a way where it doesn't fit the narrative, you generally see that intensity increase um, because the people want to keep moving forward and don't want to deal with necessarily the health risks that still remain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
just specifically regarding East Palestine, um, were what what were you testing for? So, when we went in initially, our goal was to test well water for private homes along the contaminated creeks. But when we went in there, we found that the creeks were heavily contaminated, and that made us think that potentially officials don't exactly know what they should be testing for. So we took samples back to Purdue University and uh, we characterized them for many of the chemicals that you've heard about on TV, butyl acrylate, vinyl chloride. But then we passed some samples off to researchers here at Purdue University, Professor uh, Jung and Professor Bohr, who used a different technique to probe exactly what's coming off these uh, water samples from the creek. And they found a whole bunch of chemicals that weren't being tested for by other agencies. So we're testing, we basically threw the kitchen sink at the problem because that's what you have to do when you have a disaster. And then once you identify what you need to test for, then you should go out and then target test these other chemicals. Mm-hmm. So you had a wide ranging test. Did you use, uh, you know, uh, electronic equipment or did you use sample, take samples and bring them back to a laboratory and do a full spectrum analysis? Right. So we uh, took samples from the, the creeks. Uh, we also used what's called a photoionization detector device for air testing. And so this doesn't tell you what chemicals present. It tells you just if organic chemicals are coming off the water. And so we found mm-hmm. out that the, this handheld air testing device indicated that yes, there were chemicals coming off, so they were volatilizing, going from the water into the air. We captured that water, we brought it back to Purdue University, and we used uh, an instrument called a gas chromatograph uh, mass spectrometer, or a GCMS, to basically identify the chemicals that were present and quantitate how much there were. Wow, okay. Were there any that were surprising to you? Any specific chemicals that you found? We did find uh, tube butoxyethanol in the creek water, which Ohio EPA uh, acknowledges is in the creek water. But it turns out that the well water is not being tested for that compound and the municipal drinking water is not being tested for that compound. So when we look back and compared our data against what other people are testing for, my group found that there are these inconsistencies in what government agencies are doing and they need to fix that. Um, Other professors here at Purdue University found acrolein, which US EPA found in the air, but nobody tested for in the water. So nobody looked for this in the creek water, nobody looked for this in the drinking water or the well water. The researchers here found that too in the contaminated creek water. So this is um, surprising in a sense that officials don't seem to be coordinating the science that they're applying to the water analysis or air analysis that also needs to be fixed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a couple of quick questions. I mean, obviously, East Palestine has is not the only place you've gone to. Um, and you've seen other places. Uh, can you name a couple other places that you've gone to uh, for your work with communities? Yes. So the Marshall Fire in Colorado, which happened on December, late December of 2021, um, affected Boulder County, Colorado, right in between the capital city of Denver and Boulder, Colorado. 
that fire destroyed a thousand homes and businesses and they were concerned that they had water contamination in their pipes that posed acute health risk to people. So they actually called us five days after the state agencies and the, um, the local agencies and said, can you be on a plane in a couple hours and come out here and start telling us you know, what we need to think about? So that was a miraculous approach um, because sometimes what happens like after the campfire in Paradise, California back in 2018, we got called in three months after the fire and they didn't really understand what type of contamination they had which turned out to be hazardous waste levels of benzene in their distribution system for oh. 170 miles. So, so sometimes we get called out early by agencies and officials when the people need help. And sometimes people just reach out directly and ask us to, to give them advice or, or to help them. Yeah, wow. So I guess, you know, another question I would find is you're you're going to these different places you're doing a lot of testing on water soil air what what are you finding as uh is there any common thread that you're starting to see in our relationship to how we deal with our water and air and soil like what what are you seeing is it what 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 insights are you are you seeing like, how are we dealing with it as a, as, a, as a people? Well, many places I go recognize the value of water. They recognize that it drives economies, that it makes uh, water sanitation hygiene possible in homes and buildings. It allows kids to go to school. So everybody recognizes that. Um, and the ability of a community to bounce back from misfortune or change, which is resilience, is our ability to anticipate the consequences of an incident and then rapidly find out what the issues are, resolve the health risk and come back to normal. That's where I think we're really lacking in terms of policy in the alignment of scientific decisions. If we know that bad things are going to happen to the water or that are going to contaminate the water, put it at risk. But we are not that great as a nation addressing these issues when disasters happen. And that is primarily because the system that's set up is not designed for that purpose. And, and you see this disaster after disaster where statements are made about safety, but there isn't any underlying data to support that. Um, and then, you know, people get pretty far down the road and they realize that and they don't, kind of don't want to go back and readdress it because then it will expose that they said something that wasn't supported. So so I think we really need to overhaul the disaster management response decision-making process when it comes to water. Wow. Yeah, like like in East Palestine where they were saying it's safe to go back, um, was that supported by what you're finding? Well, one of the issues that we have is many times we solely rely on data. And we, we ignore uh, firsthand experiences. Uh, if it's not hard analytical number data, then it doesn't exist. And uh -huh. some people approach it that way. What we need to consider is the totality of the evidence in front of us, the, the inference data. People are complaining about being sick in their homes or teachers complained about being sick once they were told to go back to the buildings. 
yes, there was no air sampling device that was attached to the teachers that determine what that is. But you can't just discount that and say, well, down the street, we had an air testing device. We didn't see any contamination. So one of the issues we don't really do a good job at yet is um, pairing uh, directed sampling to answer very specific questions after disasters. And I think that's why you saw many people were complaining about illnesses in their homes, at schools and such, because the sampling wasn't designed to determine if it was safe to do that, to be in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, uh, I know from my personal view, uh, it looked like, you know, people at, at a particular company called Norfolk Southern was interested to get back to work. And it was costing them money, uh, and they wanted to, you know, put everyone at ease, and in doing so, uh, may have pre-spoken. Uh, are you set to with with all this? Are there going to be hearings that you're going to be going to in Washington D.C. regarding your recent visits and testing, and uh, you know, a survey of the environmental conditions in East Palestine? Are you going to be going into you know, make some points uh, at our national capital? So I have uh, testified at the Pennsylvania State Senate of Veterans Affairs and Emergency Preparedness Committee because I was asked to do that. And I would be happy to share any and all information with uh, federal officials and elected representatives in Washington, D.C. or wherever. Um, okay. Because the goal is to equip these decision makers with a better understanding of what we're dealing with so that they can align the government, federal, state, and county systems to support the people. Yeah, uh, very, very, very valuable, very important. And for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we're speaking with Andrew Welton uh, from Purdue University. He's a scientist, uh, a professor uh, involved in environmental science and engineering. Uh, has been doing some testing out in East Palestine and other communities around the country, and I'm not sure around the world, but maybe I'll, I'll make that a guess. Uh, so if folks want to find out more about, let's say their community is dealing with issues, uh, or they feel that they're dealing with issues, uh, you know, I know in the Pittsfield area, it's been a distressed water situation for many decades. Uh, if there are community groups that want to come, you know, have you come in, uh, how do they contact you? What do they do? So typically people just send me an email um, and, and I, I read my email um, and it might not be immediate, but I read it. Uh, and then if I don't respond, it's generally because it fell off my email box and went someplace else. So please email me again. Um, but yeah, that's generally how we start the conversation. Uh, and sometimes there are uh, local experts that are really good at very specific things that these community groups don't even know about. So, would you mind, so sharing, I've been, would you mind sharing your email address? Oh, yes. So it's A-W-H-E-L-T-O-N at P-U-R-D-U-E dot E-D-U. Great, 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 great. And, you know, I know it's it's a quick conversation and uh, we've been on here for about 17 minutes or so. How time flies when you're 
you know, doing doing what I call God's work. Uh, it's important uh, for the work that you do that um, you know, people get heard. Uh, water and our uh, general environment, water, air, and soil get its uh, fair due. It's part of our living systems. You know, I really acknowledge you for, uh, you know, simple. I acknowledge you for the work that you do and go out there and making a difference the way you do. Is there anything that you want to leave people with around uh, the work of our environment and what what you see would be a good next step that we take from both East Palestine and other areas that have been distressed. And I could read off a few, but it's not necessary. What do you think people need to start doing? Well, I think there's two things. First is that there are many, many scientists and engineers at institutions across the country that want to help in, in align their studies with what people want answered. And so people in the community can should communicate with these individuals to share their interests and desires about what they want to understand. That's one way that we can better link um, discovery-based research to practical things that people want answered. Number two is that people asking questions about their water, the safety of their water, the resilience of their systems, if bad things were to happen, who's in charge and how does this work, um, really can strengthen that discussion between local communities, nonprofit organizations, government agencies, and even industry. And so I think that it's important that people continue to have these discussions uh, because it will be a, a healthier way to find uh, greater resilience in these communities nationwide. And thank you. Thanks for the time you took. Uh, we're here at And So It Flows, the only show for H2O here on WTBR uh, here in uh, Pittsfield, uh, Community Radio, and also on, uh, you know, our video uh, show as well. On podcast, you could find us on Apple, Amazon. Uh, you could also find us on Google and also Stitcher. Uh, thanks again, Andrew, for joining me and uh, having a conversation with our water-loving fans. And, uh, you know, just have yourself a great rest of the week. And thanks for the work that you do. And uh, let's stay in touch. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Andrew. Be well. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. I am your super water man, ambassador for water. Thanks again, Andrew, for being with us and our water-loving listeners and fans. Uh, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. And uh, we're here bringing you And So It Flows, the only show for H2O. The tail end of our show will end with a couple of things. First, a really cool water quote that hits the spot from Mahatma Gandhi. The earth, the air, the land, and the water are not an inheritance from our forefathers, but on loan from our children. So we have to hand over to them at least as it was handed over to us. Thank you, Gandhi. Last tune of the day. 
We got, uh, what's up? It's from Bob Marley, the one and only. Bob Marley and the Whalers, no water. tuning in today it was a great show we'll be with you next week when we have captain matthew ho talking about the tigris and euphrates river and the impact that the 30 years of war in iraq had on the mother of civilization or the water of civilization and uh tune in and love your water In the abundance of water, the fool will get thirsty. thirsty.